See Ford.com.au for details. Sky Sports Radio, combined with Harness Racing New South Wales, brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace on a Monday morning. I hope you are feeling good after the weekend, whether it was on the punt or doing something else. It's Michael Guerin here to join you for the next half an hour to talk all things harness racing as it is Inter-Dominion Week. Yes, the Inter-Dominions begin in Victoria this Saturday. We go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday in the regions, and then we return to Melton for the finals on December the 10th. But before we discuss those, we'll go back a couple of days where we had... A meeting, as always, at Menangle on a Saturday night, and Blake Fitzpatrick was one of the stars of the show. Good morning, Blake. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, not a problem. Good morning, Mick. Mate, uh, Caligula, he's a hard horse to predict. Your big trotter, he won at Menangle at 153.6 the other night, so that's getting really down on the times. Um, it must be satisfying to get him back to winning form like that. Yeah, absolutely, Mick. Um, he's been a horse that's always had the talent, but as you stated, his manners have let him down in the past. But yeah, just just recently, I've just restricted him to the mobile miles, and he's been a much better horse for it. And yeah, he's racing in great confidence. What's the go with him, Blake? Because he's six years old. He's by Majestic Sun, and, and most of them just want to trot. But he seems to almost get a bit too fiery and a bit carried away sometimes, and can roll out of it. Yeah, absolutely. He's been a horse that's always been quite highly strung and just wanted to over-race his whole life, really. And I spent probably the first half of his career trying to get him to go back and relax and trying to teach him to be a racehorse. But, yeah, it just wasn't working for either of us, Nick. So, uh, yeah, now I just, just let him roll and um, he's quite happy doing that. And, yeah, that's how he races best. OK, Blake, um, he was good enough this time last year to make the Inter-Dominion final. Is he going to be on the bus down to Victoria for this year's series? Uh, no, I've decided not to take him. Nicky, he's just not suited to the three runs in the week. And, um, yeah, I did run him in it last year, but it, it took him some time to get over it. So, yeah, he's going to bypass it this year. Instead, he'll just have a fortnight off now and possibly come back and get ready for the Great Southern Star. In, Victor- in Victoria early in um, the new year. Blake, you had two training successes and the two driving successes on Saturday night. You had Wow, He's a Rockstar um, winning the uh, MacArthur Bulls Cup. He's a horse, Blake, who, who's showing good, genuine, free-for-all ability. And then other times, he's sort of been a horse who's, who's got the punters. How do you rate him? Is he a horse who's going to make his way back to free-for-all company? I always thought he would, Nick. He, he works like a really good horse at home, but yeah, he's definitely a horse that relies on luck in, in running, and when he doesn't get that, that's when he's probably not at his best. But yeah, I think Saturday night, just he had the perfect trip, and there was plenty of speed on with suits him, and yeah, over the 2300, which he seems to enjoy, I think that's uh, when you see the best of him, Nick, but... Yeah, I do think he, he is a horse that will keep progressing and eventually get through into that open company uh, in time. Is he a horse who's going to enjoy some of the better horses, not only being at the Inter-Dominions, of course, in Victoria, but they'll be sticking around for for Ballarat Cups and Hunter Cups and that sort of stuff. So Menangle over the summer until we get to mid-February can often miss those top eight or ten horses. Is he the type of horse who 
might find it a bit easier to maybe dip his toe back into free-for-all grade when they're not there. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. He's, um, he'll continue on racing um, up until the end of December and while then better horses are away and, yeah, then we'll probably give him a break and bring him back uh, through the winter and, yeah, hopefully we can just take that next step for us. Mate, uh, you do a fair bit of driving for your dad along with Gavin, so there's a, there's a few Fitzpatricks floating around out there doing a good job at Menangle. Um, what's the story with the Inter-Dominions? How many is, is Dad, or are you, in fact, taking some of yourself down there? Uh, just Dad this year. Nicky's taking down Zeus Bromack, and uh, Gavin's going to go down and drive him throughout the series. So, yeah, he'll head down later in the week. And, yeah, he's a horse that's racing really well, and the, the three runs in the week is something that will really suit him. And I think dropping back and racing on the 1,000-metre track is also something that... Uh, will help bring out the best in him. Mate, away from Menango on Saturday night where you trained a double, you also finished second in a three-year-old trotting filly's breeder's crown out of Melton. You you had Greg Sugars aboard Lindy Love. Look, I know a win would be nicer, but a group one placing doesn't do them any harm, and, and Lindy's Love um, I thought pretty good the other night. Yeah, she, she went really well, Mick, and she probably looked the winner at the top of the straight, but uh, yeah, she's been a filly that continued to improve right throughout the season and yeah she's just taken that next step against the the better fillies and improved saturday night she's competitive when she can get the right trip so uh greg greg drove her really well and gave her every chance and yeah she'll stay in victoria now and get ready for the big bread um which is new year's eve we head to Menangle tomorrow blake first on the card there goes at 122 you've got florencita and the first on the card tomorrow, as tends to be the case with these trotting races, your ones are well in the market. She's she's only a, a one-win filly so far, but she's by Love You. So I would suggest, being out of a muscles Yankee mare, Blake, she's probably going to improve with a bit more time. Yeah, definitely, Nick. She's a filly that's better than a record suggests. Uh, she's only won the one start from the 15, from the 15 runs she's had, but... Yeah, she's a filly that's made quite a few mistakes in her career, but yeah, her run a fortnight ago was good. She led and worked hard and just uh, ran second in good time. So yeah, she seems to be back trotting well again, and she looks a, a winning chance tomorrow from a good draw. And the second on the card, Blake, you have a horse called She's a Rose who has no form. Look, it's probably in the right race. To be honest, I thought on its New Zealand form, it might have done a more instantaneous job in New South Wales. Is there anything in the tank with She's a Rose? Uh, she's been really disappointing since she's come over from New Zealand, Nick, and uh, just through a combination of bad draws and uh, making mistakes. And, yeah, but last week she led and had every hope and was really disappointing. So she did work better on Saturday, and I think tomorrow I'll probably drive her with a stick and yeah, hopefully she can uh, find the line better. Another horse you got across uh, from New Zealand or way back at the start of its career was Kofi Blaze. Um, it's shown a bit of ability. It's in race seven tomorrow, just after five o'clock. I thought it wasn't finished winning. No, she's a, a filly that's always had good ability. And, yeah, she went one at Newcastle last start in good time and gets back tomorrow racing mares, which will suit her. Uh, she's drawn well and, yeah, I think she's uh, a good winning champ also. Any chance Stars rain in the last tomorrow at Menangle? I actually thought his run last week was good, although he's only, he ran six. He's uh, got a long way back in a really quick run race. 
Um, but yeah, he he found the line good, and his question was a really good miss. So yeah, he's he's definitely a place chance to be big odds, and I uh, can get the right trick and be finishing off. Mate, did I see recently somewhere that Team Fitzpatrick's Galloping Stable had a couple of successes? Have you trained a couple of winners with the saddle on recently? Oh uh, yeah, we've had a good run of late week. Uh, we had a, a double a fortnight ago, I think it was. So yeah, the, the gallopers have been racing really consistently, and uh, I think we've got about twelve in work at the moment. And yeah, couldn't be happy with them. Okay, twelve gallopers in work. How many harness horses in work? Oh, we normally vary, but. Between 25 and 30 um, most times of the year, Okay, are we going to be able to keep you in the harness racing or is those galloping numbers going to go up and the harness racing numbers go down? Oh, no, no, I'll continue on in harness racing for now and, uh, yeah, who knows uh, where the future heads. Blake, um, you're about my size. I pick you don't jump on the back of them and have a spin, do you? I take it you've got track work riders who take care of that for you. Oh, no, I, I do have some people that come in and help uh, ride work, but, yeah, I ride most of them here at home, yeah. Do you really? Like, oh, I'm picking you'd be 80 kilos. It would be a, not 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 too big to be a, to be a track work rider, but it'd be awfully big for a jockey. No, but they appreciate when the jockeys get on race day, Nick, that's for sure. <laughs> Blake, congratulations on a Saturday night where you had uh, driving, training, double success at Menangle, second in a group one at Melton, and as you said recently, Team Fitzpatrick with the double at the Gallops, mate. So you've got your hands full. I'm surprised you've got time to talk to us. Thanks for taking the time to do so. No, thanks for having me on. Thanks, Blake Fitzpatrick. Um, didn't know they had twelve gallopers there for Team Fitzpatrick. So well done to them, and yeah, plenty of success. A double recently, then a double at Menangle. There wouldn't be many stables who have achieved that. A galloping double on the same day. I think it was two weeks ago. Into a harness racing double uh, on a Saturday night. Be a very small club. I'm, I'm not sure I've got the time to look into how many people would have done that, but it wouldn't be many. Nathan Jack is one of the friends of the show who got a group one also, actually two of them, on Saturday night. And Nathan, it must be great to be back out there driving good horses on Breeders' Crown Night, and you were a man on a mission. Did you enjoy that mission on Saturday? Yeah, good morning, Mick, and good morning, listeners. Yeah, I sure did. It's great to be back out there, and great to get on horses of the calibre that went round on Sunday night. Let's talk about the trotter first, the locomotive for Wayne Potter. A horse was seen in New South Wales. Um, he looks like, he's only two, he looks like he's going to be a far better three or four-year-old because he's all over the place at the moment. But um, that was an impressive win the other night. He wins a breeder's crown by 14 metres. Yeah, that's right, Mick. Um, you know, he had a good trip. But he had a tricky draw. He's got great manners. He's a great type of horse. And you would like to think that just by looking at him that he'd get better and he his breed would suggest that he was he's going to get better as time goes on as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's going to have a, a bright future, that one. Mate, it was the Emma Stewart-Clayton-Tonkin show the, the other night in the pacing races. They just dominated everything, and, and so they should with the horses like Ladies in Red and um, horses like Encipher and, of course, Captain Ravishing. But, but you managed to break the stranglehold. So you and your dad, Russell Jack, take school captain there and you've headed for the front and everybody's talking about a horse called the Lost Storm and you didn't even bother looking to your right. You just kept on going. Oh, well, yeah, you make it sound easy, Mick. It wasn't quite that easy, but, um, yeah, it's always great to, to sort of have one that can keep up with them, let alone one that can beat them. And, 
it's scary going into these nights because you just know how powerful they are and they're always stable across the barn from us and they usually take the whole row up and they're quite intimidating, um, not people, but they're just intimidating with the quality of horses they've got and, um, and they're well respected and it's always good if you can beat them. How did school captain end up in Team Jack? Because it's owned by Lauriston Bloodstock, and of course Lauriston Bloodstock usually have their horses with MSG. Uh, yeah, that's right. They, um, how it happened come about, Dad broke, broke them all in, um, as he always does, and then yeah, gave them the next couple of preps. There was four of them that year. Um, there was um, Perfect in Pink, um, another filly, can't, I don't think she's named yet, a big filly. Uh, there was a well set out of top tempo and then school captain and um, they were four nice horses and Bill and Ann just said two were going there and two were staying and we didn't know what two were staying obviously and then when they said that school captain was staying then we got very excited from then on. Mate, he's won a homegrown final in Narra Breeders' Crown which is no small deal, it's 300 grand and it's a group one. Does he feel to you like a horse who could go on? Because some of the Captain T's or Captain Treacherous's, they can be very, very racy and very fast, and sometimes that doesn't end well. But he looked like a horse the other night to me, Nathan, who wants to be a racehorse. Yeah, he's actually really casual, follow me. He's not like most of the captains that can get a bit hot. Um, he, he's really casual, laid back, fella, and he's a big, strong boy. So I'd like to think that um, he's sort of got three-year-old written all over him, so... Just undecided yet. We've got to wait to talk to Bill and Ann whether we shut him down now and miss the size, which is on our doorstep, and get ready for Sydney because he's got Sydney and then he'll have Bathurst and then he'll have the gold. Uh, or if we press on and go in the size and then probably have to miss Sydney. But I'm tipping at this stage we'll be landing towards going to the paddock and getting ready for Sydney. It's become a bit of a conundrum, hasn't it? We, um, we've stuck all the good races in a six-month period late in the year, then early in the next year. Um, we see horses all the time now missing series, which they'd like to be in, Nathan. Is it, it, it's tricky because technically if you went in the Breeders' Crown, then the Vic Bread and then rolled through to Bathurst and the Derbys, um, you may not have a horse in the middle of next year. No, you'd be very tired come the end of the season, Mick, that's for sure. I'm not too sure what the answer is. There's a lot of good races, so you, you know, if you're lucky enough to, to get one, you've got to sort of clean around it, I think, and, and pick and choose wisely, but um, it's great that we can go around for so much money now. Hopefully we can keep getting a bit more money and a bit more money as we go on, but um, with the quality of horses that are racing now, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's no easy ones, that's for sure. Your tactics the other night, and I know you drive for Emma Stewart on occasions as well, but is that the only way or the best way to beat them, um, is to get in front of them and not hand the lead away? Because not many of theirs get beaten up the passing lane. Once you hand the lead to the steward horses, they tend to just run away. Yeah, definitely, Mick. Um, I think it's the only way you can beat them, but you've still got to have a horse good enough to do it. But, um, yeah, I, I just think yeah, when they find the front, they're just unbeatable. And we'd seen a couple of times that the last storm had led and, and I'd raced him and he'd beat me on both occasions and I'd led and, and beat him. So that was my advantage and I, I didn't really want to be giving that up, that's for sure. Nathan, it's Inter-Dominion Week in Victoria and, and it's not as big a deal as it used to be because obviously the money isn't as high compared with other stakes but also there's so much going on. You just come out of a breeder's crown and you've still got a Vic bread to end out the season or a size as they call it. 
What's the feeling like about this inter-dominion in Victoria, or is it lacking, for example, the Kiwis? Is it lacking a king of swing? Is it an inter-dominion where it might take people the first night to sort of start to lick their lips a bit? Yeah, definitely, Mick. I think we are missing that, that sort of draw card horse. Like, it's a shame that Mockenbarat went a miss and went overseas because he was probably one like him. You know, if he got back to his best, he was going to be one or a king of swing. Um, well, I'm sure that, that those sort of horses get people to the races. And to be honest with you, because the British Crown's been on and everyone's talking about the younger horses, there's not much as, um, yeah, you don't even hear much about the Inner Dominion, yet, and which is a real shame because, like you say, it's only seven days away or five days away now, so um, it's pretty scary, really. All right, let's talk about the series. It goes to three different destinations. Of the three tracks we're heading to for the Inters, um, any tricks to them all? I mean, that they, I would have thought Geelong might play more towards the leaders than, than a track like Ballarat or Shepparton, but that's only looking from afar from what I see on television. You drive at these places. What do we need to know about these three tracks they're racing and going Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday? Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail right on the head, Mick, um, if you're you're in front at Geelong, it's a massive advantage. I think if you're in front anywhere, it's a massive advantage. But I think Geelong appears to be more of a front runner's track than, than the other two. That's for sure. I think the other two are uh, very fair tracks and they and they play out quite good. So um, yeah, hopefully the, the quality of racing is good and and strong, and they make it genuine. And, and that way, they're not just sitting and dashing because they get quite boring. Uh, what are you going to have a spin around on during the Inter Dominions, which of course has now gone to three trotting heats each night, as it is three pacing heats. So there's a few horses going around. Are you going to get to sit behind some of these? Um, yeah, I'm not sure, Mick, to be honest with you. I um, haven't seen any nominations or anything. I know Anton took a couple of his trotters out. I don't know what he left in. Uh, and the paces, I'm not too sure either. I haven't had a real good look at them. But uh, I'd say my drives will be quite thin through the series, but hopefully I can pick up one as we go. Well, I suppose there's also some stables that could potentially have double ups. Maybe you just need to, you know, be a nice person and make people a cup of coffee in the driver's room and try and be useful. <laughs> yeah, that's it, Mick. Well, I'm sure we can manage to do something like that if it's going to be a driving in the Dominion. Mate, have you got a winner for us this week? Because, look, it feels at the moment, Nathan, like there's just racing all the time and it's great fun, but it's expensive. Are you going to drive a winner this week? And can you tell us if we can back it? Um. Yeah, I'm going to go to Swan Hill for one drive. Um, oh, really? This will be good. Yeah. What day is that? Yeah. Uh, Wednesday. Drawing the pole in an ordinary three-year-old race, and it's a pretty ordinary horse, but it's a pretty ordinary field. Okay. Um, just if you want to give us the uh, is it race one? Is it lose a shoe? Yeah, that's him. Lose a shoe. Race one. That's over nice and early. Okay, for everybody listening, Wednesday night, we can we can be involved in this together and we can all abuse Nathan next time he comes on the show if it loses. <laughs> it's at just after six o'clock, so there's a good chance you'll be finished work. It may not be much good, but Nathan's going all the way to Swan Hill for one drive. H- how far is it from your place to Swan Hill? Uh, it's about two and a half, Mick. Okay, well, that's a five-hour round trip. We'll be, we'll be having a dollar on loser's shoe. Mate, I look forward to getting to Victoria for the Inter Dominions and seeing you there. Congratulations, mate. Um, this massive comeback you've been on for the last year continued so well at Melton on Saturday night. Yeah, thanks very much for your time and, and your support, Mick. Appreciate it. Yeah, Nathan Jack, one of the good guys of harness racing, hell of a driver, and he just said to Team Stewart, look, I'm, I'm just going to hold the lead in this $300,000 race, and if you're good enough to beat me, good luck to you. And they weren't. So school captain got the job done at 
Melton on Saturday night. Um, as you can see, we're not talking as much as usual about New South Wales racing because obviously there's a whole bunch of New South Wales horses heading to the Inter-Dominions, which begin this Saturday. Um, if you are keen on the New South Wales racing today, it kicks off at Newcastle at 12 minutes past two. So 12 minutes past two at Newey today. And we have seven races for you there. Greg Sugars is a man who I'm sure is thrilled that the Inter-Dominions are back in Victoria. Greg, it feels like an awfully, awfully long time since we all did this together for the Inter-Dominions in Victoria. I think it was four years ago now. Must be nice to have them coming back your way. Yeah, absolutely, Mick. No, it's always a series that uh, personally I look forward to every year and um, yeah, to have it in our in our backyard, so to speak, that we don't have to uh, uproot and travel everything. Um, yeah, certainly is, is, a, is a big help for us logistically. And obviously, mate, you're an Inter-Dominion winning driver now. It, it must be cool to have that next to your name because when you're a kid growing up, um, those type of things, Miracle Miles, Hunter Cups, but also the Inter-Dominion, of course, um, I suppose that's what you do it for. You, you want to get there one day. Oh, definitely, mate. Um, that's ab- absolutely been... Um, a goal of mine right from day one and yeah, as far as I'm concerned into the minions has always been the pinnacle of, of our sport and uh, you know I, I love the traditional format of it um, you know it's, it's challenging for you know not only the horses but for the trainers and the drivers as well to keep turning up um, you know uh, meeting after meeting so no it's certainly something that I've always aspired to and, and hope that I could uh, compete at that level and yeah to sort of tick that off the list and um, win the trotting into the minion last year was, was certainly a dream come true so you know I've just got to work on the paces one Okay let's work on that together Better Eclipse you take to the first round of heats this Saturday along with Triple Eight these horses of course trained with your, your wife or partner Jess uh, have you, actually have you guys got married yet Greg I just want to make sure I'm getting this right married or yeah, not married yeah, yet you know we're married yep Okay, okay. I see she's kept the last name, which is probably pretty, a pretty good idea. It's a pretty auspicious name, the Tubbs name. Um, what about these two horses, Better Eclipse and Triple Eight? Because they're very different type of horses. One probably at the back end of his career, Triple Eight. One of them a very, very progressive horse in Better Eclipse. How are they heading into Saturday? Yeah, yeah. both boys seem really well. Um, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it with both of them. Um, you know, better better, uh, better Eclipse is obviously first time sort of uh, competing in this series, so um, I suppose that's you know a, a little bit of a question mark to see if he will handle the the backing up. Um, you know, three times in a week for the the final, so I, I personally think he will. But I suppose until you see him do it, um, you don't know a hundred percent sure. And Triple Eight's obviously been there and done it a couple of times before, and has got through a series series quite well um, on both occasions. So. Um, yeah, you're very right is what you say. They're, they're quite opposites in, in where they are as far as their careers go, where um, Triple Eight probably, you know, just below his very, very best, but he's still competing quite well. And um, yeah, the other fella, he's just sort of on the way up and just seems to uh, continually step up the mark to the mark every time we've, um, you know, thrown a turtle in front of him. Greg, I'm sure some of our listeners, that the, particularly the punters and the galloping people who, who are thinking you're going to race these open class horses Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, are wondering how you do this. So obviously they race Saturday night. They get in a float and they go home. What do you do with them on Sunday, Monday and Tuesday mornings between these two open class runs? 
Uh, not a great deal, to, uh, to be honest, but our, our, both our horses sort of uh, thrive on not a great deal of work in between runs and, you know, they race better, the, the better they feel. So um, it's basically all about recovery um, for the next couple of days just to, um, you know, make sure they're eating and drinking and feeling well and um, no little niggling uh, um, injury concerns or anything like that. So basically, yeah, we'll just put them in a, in a program here that uh, will just try and keep them feeling bright and happy um, and just, yeah, pick them up so that they're, uh, they're ready to go for the, for the next round. Do they get worked on the morning of the races? For example, next Tuesday morning, would these horses have a 20-minute jog? Do they sprint up 400 metres? What happens to the harness horses on the morning of Inter-Dominion heats? Uh, I suppose each trainer does things differently. Um, personally, we don't work ours uh, on, on the morning of the race, so um, no, we won't be doing anything anything with ours on the, on the day of the race. Um, but it's certainly not uncommon. A lot of trainers will take them out and at least give them a light jog, maybe in the cart or a um, or lead them off another horse. So um, yeah, everyone does it a little bit differently. But I can only speak for our stable here that um, yeah, we'll just be be doing enough. Um, you know, sort of Sunday Monday, um, just to as I say, freshen them up and keep them feeling good, and then uh, off the races again Tuesday. What do you make of this Inter-Dominion pacing series? Because there's no big scary horse at the top of the market. There's a lot of very good horses. Do you have any thoughts on how an expensive ego will cop the traps in Victoria, for example? We know Spirit of St. Louis will cop them. Um, You would have seen Majestic Cruiser at New Zealand Cup Week. How do you think the locals will go against the predominantly New South Wales visitors? And who's the horse to beat? Uh, yeah, hard to say, really. Um, it's, it, as you say, it's a very open series and there's no real headline act or outstanding act, I, I don't think, at the moment. So, um, yeah, barrier draws, luck in running, and, you know, how they all get through every heat is, is going to play, a, obviously, a massive uh, role in, in who can take out the, the grand final. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to see how those New South Wales ones will match up, I think. You know, a horse like Majestic Cruiser, who's done you know a lot of his uh, racing throughout his career, has been down here anyway. So I don't think that'll worry him. And you know, he's just an old war horse now that uh, and is an out and out stayer. So I think the series is really right up his alley and will really suit him. Um, Expensive Ego, we've we've obviously saw him. He competed very very well up in Sydney um, in the Minion last year. And you know, if Team McCarthy have him back. Uh, spot on to where he needs to be. He's obviously going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. Although, um, yeah, I think probably his best runs have been um, in in Sydney in recent times. He, he may may have been just below his best uh, on the few occasions when they have trapped him down to Victoria for whatever reason. But um, being here, you know, for a couple of weeks might help him settle in a bit better if the, if the travelling is a, is a concern for him. I'm not really sure there and. Um, yeah, Spirit of St. Louis, he was obviously a sensationally performed horse when he came down here last time round, so you wouldn't think it's going to worry him, our style of racing down here. So there's so many good locals too that are, you know, are very, very competitive, that will be very, very competitive at this level. Um, it's extremely open, so certainly, um, yeah, from my point of view, I couldn't pinpoint one or two just standout horses that are, that are the ones to beat. I think there's, um, yeah, a lot of chances in a very open series. Greg, you and Jess have just believe in the Trotters series. Great to see it going to three rounds of three heats. And 
Uh, look, he's obviously flying. He's in a really good space, a much improved horse. Um, I presume most of the Australian trainers wouldn't have been stoked to find out yesterday that Bolt for Brilliance will be on the plane because why well, he's still got to come there and perform. I would have thought his best New Zealand form might be a tick better than most of the better Australian form in the series. Yeah, I'd tend to agree with that. Um, yeah, I was... I was pretty happy when I heard there was a question mark over him and he uh, may not be coming. But uh, anyway, it, it, uh, it always adds to the series when we have, you know, some quality horses come across the ditch for, for any of these sort of races. So particularly an Inter Dominion, uh, um, you know, series is, um, yeah, I suppose, you know, for a, for a better spectacle and a better series, um, you know, we, we've got to look forward to these horses coming. But, um, yeah, he, he definitely deserves to be top pick for mine um our fellas he's a he's a terrific tradesman of a horse he's um very professional and goes about his business sort of very consistently and um you know previously trained by Mick Hughes last year he ran third in the Intermediate up in Sydney so um we know he, he sort of seemed to be a horse that really thrived on the quick backup and um performed very very well throughout that series so um yeah we're very happy with what he's been able to do since he's joined our our stable and um, we're really looking forward to it with him and you know we, we, we think we're a definite chance uh, if we get a bit of luck on the on the night. Greg, it's an exciting time. You drove the Inter-Dominion trotting winner of Maori's Law last year. You've got trotting and pacing chances this year, mate. We appreciate your your, your time and your thoughts on the series um, ahead. Best of luck to you and Jess and we'll be talking to you during the series, hopefully one night after you've driven a winner or two. Yeah, that'd be great, mate. Hope, hope so. Uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to it, like I say. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed, luck's on our side. The defending champion of the Inter-Dominion Trotting Series, Greg Sugars, who drove Maori's Law last year. He has just believed in the Trotting Series with wife Jeff, Jess Tubbs this year and also two good chances in the Pacing Series. Those fields will be out tonight on harness.org.au. The tab will be very supportive of the meeting. They'll have odds out early. Three rounds, so three different nights, with six heats, three pacing, three trotting, and then we head to the two finals at Melton on December the 10th. Predominantly, not always, but predominantly, New South Wales versus Victoria. That's always a bit of fun to get the parochial state blood boiling. We'll keep you up to date on the Interdominions here on On The Pace uh, over the next two and a half weeks or so. But all the information on harness.org.au or tab.com.au. Hope you enjoyed On The Pace this morning. For those who are having a bit later in the week, don't forget, race one, Swan Hill, number one, on Wednesday night. That was the Black Booker from Nathan Jack. We'll take a break here on Sky Sports Radio. The next On The Pace comes to you at 10.30 on Wednesday morning.